Treat people like people. Why is somebody going to their inbox? They're going to their inbox because they're bored, because they're procrastinating, because they should be writing a sales page, but they don't want to, because they're stuck watching their kid's favorite TV show for the millionth time, and they're bored out of their gourd. People are going to their inbox for a dopamine hit. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. This podcast is brought to you by Wingnut Social, a digital marketing agency amplifying luxury brands across the U.S. and Canada. For more information, go to wingnutsocial.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut, Darla Jethro Powell. And today we're talking all about email marketing. It has been a hot freaking minute since we've talked about email. Is it still relevant? Should we still be doing it? Are we all sick of it? Yes, yes, and maybe yes. (laughs) We're going to find out all about that with today's guest, Kate Doster, who has a lot to say on the subject. But first of all... Y'all know what time it is. Time for Men in News, Men in News Sesh. Yeah. yeah. All right. Today we welcome back Abigail Weidman to the show. Today we're talking all about Facebook. Yeah, Facebook's still out there. Is it still relevant? Who knows? But they have an update. <laughs> Abby, thanks for joining us again. Tell us about the new Facebook update. Yeah. So this is actually an update that I'm pretty excited for as a social media manager. But Facebook is testing a new feature that would allow its users to post in multiple Facebook groups that they're a member of at the same time. Oh, that's pretty cool. So you don't have to put cross-posted on your (laughs) cross-posted. I need help immediately and go to all your little different groups one by one by one. Yep. So if you have something you want to share it, like you said, instead of having to copy and paste it, you just select the groups that you want to share it to and press send and Facebook will spread it wherever you selected it to go. So are they testing it with everybody or this is just out to a a select few right now? As of now, it's just out to a select few, but fingers crossed we'll get access to it soon. I don't have mixed emotions about this one as someone who owns a group, although I admit we haven't been that active over there, but I don't know if I would want someone posting blanket posting to my group and other groups and other groups and other groups. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that out there in the audience listening to I can see from a user experience that could be helpful, but I don't know. What do you think? So yeah, I think there's two sides to it. I think as a group user, it can make the process a whole lot easier. But as an owner of a group, it can make your post feel a little bit less genuine. But Facebook's whole entire goal with this new feature was to increase the engagement in groups. They're really trying to drive their group engagement right now. So they're hoping by adding this feature, it'll get more people posting in more groups more often. Okay, I could see that for sure because it's just as easy just to click, 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 click and send that. That that definitely will increase engagement. The quality of the engagement, I guess that remains to be seen. Good point. All right, Abby. Thanks for joining us again. We appreciate it. Of course. Mini news sesh. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Abby. Pleasure having you on the podcast and a welcome addition to Wingnut Social, if I do say so myself. Wait a minute. It's not about me. (laughs) All right, guys, let's get into my interview with Kate Doster. But before I do, of course, I have to tell you about the woman. Kate Doster is the host of the Inbox Besties podcast and the creator of the Love Your List 2.0 email marketing mega course and is obsessed with helping entrepreneurs carve out their slice 
of the interwebs. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Kate Doster to the show. Hey there, Kate Doster. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? I am doing really well, thank you. You are really well. The audience can't see you, but you and I can see each other with this video. And your hair is pink and blue. And is there some purple in there? Am I mistaken? There is some purple too, yeah. (laughs) Very light. It's mermaid hair. Mermaid hair, very nice. Kate, today we're talking about email marketing and it has been a minute since I have discussed email marketing on the show. We're so consumed with social and social media and Wingnut Social is an agency that is social first, although we also do email marketing. But you are the expert in email marketing. So first of all, my first question is, is it still relevant? Should we still be doing it? Aren't we sick of emails? Well, you're sick of bad emails, (laughs) which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. And we'll talk about how to make sure you're not in the bad email camp. But as you guys know, social media platforms can change. Well, I'm not saying that they're not valuable and they're important. The reason you need email is because when I say the word Friendster, you're like, what? (laughs) Or Periscope. And now you're like, oh, but if I say Hotmail, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Email has not died. It has not gone out of fashion. It has not gone out of vogue. It is always around. And if you think about it on social, like even if you look at your own Instagram account and your own habits, chances are you're probably following at least 300 people. Usually you're following a lot more. Are you subscribed to 300 people's newsletters list? No. No. It is just the best of the best. So just if you are that business owner, if you're getting into someone's inbox already, your competition is like sliced. That, and again, while we both love social, because it's a great way to go out and nurture your audience and to grow a new one, if you go and you look at your reach <laughs> on most <laughs> of them, sometimes you can get really sad. I'm not saying don't stop and do it. I mean, obviously, just hire wing nut, she'll do it, and it'll be great. But... <laughs> chances are that your reach, how many people are followers versus how many people actually see your stuff actually ends up being a lot lower than it would be even if you send an email and your open rate is say like, oh man, well, it's only like 20%. If I, personally, this is me. If I saw 20% reach on a Facebook post, I would fall over and assume that I paid for something. Maybe with live video, maybe, But so that's why I just always like think of it like one, no one knows who Friendster is, right? Poor Tom in my space. He's got no friends. (laughs) It's funny that you say that about the reach because the organic reach, even from people that are following you on on your socials is about somewhere in the 10% range who are seeing your post unless you're doing everything just super stellar, right? Or putting some money behind it. That is something that you say that. And myself, I don't sign up for emails unless I am like super invested. Like if I was following 300 people, I'm not getting 300 emails, at least none that I'm signing up for. So there has to be something valuable, some content, some some serious takeaways. And we just had Michelle Williams, who is my business coach on the show, and she was going over her emails and what she puts out. And she actually has value in the email. It doesn't just lead away to something or shilling or some sales calls or how important is that to provide like some actionable takeaways in your emails or how are we structuring them anymore to be so people are opening them and and staying engaged? So I absolutely love this question so much. (laughs) Great. So you have to think to yourself, my whole philosophy and everything, you're going to hear me say it probably a million times in this interview, is to treat people like people. Why is somebody going to their inbox? They're going to their inbox because they're bored. 
because they're procrastinating because they should be writing a sales page, but they don't want to because they're stuck watching their kids favorite TV show for the millionth time and they're bored out of their gourd. People are going to their inbox for a dopamine hit. You might not think so, especially if you're in corporate because like, oh my goodness, I got like a million emails from my boss and I hate them. But most of the time, people are going there for a dopamine hit. So you want to make sure that your emails are first relevant. That's most important. So if somebody had signed up to my email list, I talk about email marketing. I talk about sales psychology and mindset. Those are my things, right? If I start talking about my fitness journey and I don't relate it back to business, people are going to be like, why is Kate sharing with me her weightlifting routine? I don't want to deadlift 235 like she is. This has nothing to do with anything. Unsubscribe, right? People hate getting bad emails. They don't hate getting good emails. They hate getting bad emails. So number one, you're going to be relevant. Number two, because we know we're going for that dopamine hit, just like Michelle said, we don't want to always send people away. You do want to give them a quick tip or an anecdote. The thing is, it's quick. Right. Mindset matters. When people are going in their inbox, they're going in for a quick escape for dopamine hit. They do not want 8 million ways to go do something or 17 must-see places in Greece because their brain can't handle that. If you want to tell them the two top places that you need to see when you visit Greece, bar none, tell that to them. Now they've got a victory and be like, and if you're looking to spice things up, here's 15 more on our latest blog post. So they can get something immediate. It's that quick win. It's that perception. My favorite story, and I must have told this a million times about getting people into the right mindset was like back in high school, my boyfriend and I, we had gone to the mall and he was eating like M&Ms and I had Skittles and I dropped one of my lemon Skittles into his hand and he was not paying attention. So when he thought that he was going to be getting a yellow M&M, which all sweet chocolate goodness, and he got... A lemon Skittle, we got into the biggest fight we ever got into. <laughs> he was not expecting it. So that's why, again, you want to treat people like people. They're looking for that quick dopamine hit. It doesn't always have to be, I think when a lot of people think email, they think, oh, well, like I need to have this big elaborate story or this sort of thing. It doesn't have to be like that. It could literally be like, hey, y'all, did you know it's National Mint Julep Day? And then just relate it back to what you talk about. Because now all of a sudden, they can go to their friend and be like, did you know it's National Mint Julep Day? I don't even know what's in that. Or did you know that like 80% of people are like left-handed? I mean, they're not right. We're just making up stats. But when you give them that sort of random, like, oh, all right. When you make your emails conversational, because again, we want it to be easy. We're making it so the formatting is nice. Now I'm not talking about having a pretty looking email. I'm talking about not having paragraphs with five sentences. You're lucky if you get two. You want to make sure those really key parts that you want people to get usually say like that benefit of like, oh, you got to see this, or this was the best tack that I had, or this is what everybody loves. That one part can be bolded because people are going to be like skimming things along. It's okay to have some images to sort of break something up, but that's how you become somebody's favorite. You become entertaining. Again, if you don't say things like spammer face, like I would, then don't. If that doesn't fit your brand, don't. But think to yourself, how can you make this person feel good today? How can I get them a little bit interested? How can I get them thinking? How can I get them being the cool person who knows that the most ordered thing in Italy is actually a cavatillo? Is what? What is it? 
Cavatil, that's not right at all. Cavatili, it's a part of a spaghetti. I thought that was a like, little bird. It's a noodle shape. <laughs> it, no, it's a, it's a noodle shape. I'll have the cockatiel, please. Right. <laughs> no, cavatile. <laughs> like, it's a little, it's a noodle shape. Like, those are the things that people can be like, and kind of go with. And they might even be, what's a great thing about email and social, and I think they work really well together, is think about that sort of interesting attention grabber that you would have, or again, just hire Wingnut Media, uh, <laughs> to have for you that someone's going to read. Start with that same thing and then just elaborate a little bit more in your emails. The emails that I do read, that I do subscribe to, thinking back on what you're saying here, to your point, are the ones who just give me some of that dopamine meat, that takeaway, feel good, and then I will be interested and I'll go and read further. There is some meat, some takeaway in that. And the dopamine hit is a true thing. And guys, if you're out there listening, if you're not familiar with that, it's why we're checking our social all the time. We want to see if did people like our stuff, our email, are we getting some kind of warm fuzzies? Are we, you know, anything just to occupy our mind? It's a real thing. That's why there's addictions to this stuff. <laughs> We're actually addicted <laughs> to this dopamine from getting these, you know, the feelings that we get by opening emails or looking at our social, etc. Let's talk about the email list itself. In order to have a successful list or a successful campaign and to actually monetize it into we're not only giving value, but we're getting clients, we're building that know, like, and trust and building our business. Is there a minimum number that we have to have? Can you have a successful email campaign business with, I don't know, a thousand, two thousand signups? Oh, yeah. Okay. Especially because here's the thing. They don't know if they're one of two thousand or if they're one of five. Mm-hmm. And if you are treating them like they're one in a million, if you are sending those relevant emails, if you're making sure there's, again, that, that little that little fun factor, that little hit of dopamine in there, and this is the other half, you tell people more than once how you can work together because sadly, not everyone's going to read all of your emails. It'll work. I think where most people tend to default to, because at some point, numbers do matter. Usually, people will default to like a 1,000 I made way more money with less than a thousand people because I made sure it was the right thousand people. Mm -hmm. So like I wasn't giving away a chance to win an iPad, right? (laughs) Like I wasn't giving away, you know, how to write captions on Instagram when I talk about email marketing. It was stuff having to do with what free gift do you give people? Here's two years worth of email ideas that you can have, right? So again, If somebody wasn't actually interested in using their email list, they wouldn't even think to themselves, well, what do I send these people? Mm -hmm. That is an action taker question. We call it the Sir Mix-a-Lot principle. It's those yeah buts. Yeah, I want to have a stunning home, but I don't have, you know, a gajillion dollars to spend. Yeah, I love Scandi design, but I can never find anything. Yeah, I want to be able to travel. But this, people always have those yeah buts. But what about my passport? But what about this? But what about if I don't speak the language? But what if I do this, right? Like if you had a free guide that like say that you are in the travel industry and you particularly are in Europe, I don't know why that's on the brain today. (laughs) Again, it could literally be a little guide about how to navigate these countries when you don't speak the language. Now, all of a sudden they're like, How? How did Tracy know that that's the only thing holding me back from Europe is that I have no idea how to speak German and French and Italian. And it's just like, what am I going to do? Or we don't like cockatiel. 
Right? Like, is not it. Uh, again, it's just a pasta shape. It's delicious. It's a little too. So, like, those are the things that people are going to be thinking about. And then when you, again, continue on that path, when you're sending either a weekly email, that's what I like my students to shoot for. It's four. Usually you can handle writing four emails a month, right? If you want to do more than that, you can. But start with the four. Is anything more than four? Is that obnoxious? Do you find that the results tend to go down? Are people like, eh? Usually results go up when people send more emails. Okay. But I I don't want to have people, I call it like the diet syndrome. You know how when people are on a diet, they're like fantastic. And then like Wednesday and Thursday comes around and then they just like fall off the wagon (laughs) and they're like, I'll start again Monday. Why are you attacking me like that? (laughs) Because I know people, treat people like people, right? So people would be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to email like three times a week. And maybe the first week they get all three, the second week by the skin of their teeth. And then the third week, they're so out of ideas or they're so burnt out that they just skip all of it. That goes along. That goes hand in hand with blogging. We go really balls to the wall with blogging. And then the next thing you know, we're only doing one every week. And speaking of blogging, when we do email campaigns for blogging, I love this. Instead of just saying Susan McNuggets Interiors, we just redesign this whole space, click the link to find out more, to answer a couple of questions or problem solving in that. And then for more about this project, I love that idea. That's so smart. So clever. Right? Mm -hmm. So it could be for that particular one for the interior design, it can be one sort of tip or one sort of change that she made. Maybe it was about paint color. Maybe it was about, you know, for the design, they had started with a table. So where did she source it? And again, because most people don't want to eat standing up, here's the chairs that we put with it. Like, go read the blog post. Like, you kind of, you give them a little something to make them interested. And then it's like, is it weird that I like eating standing up? I'm weird, right? (laughs) I think my husband prefers it. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just so because I'm just so all over the place. So OCD that I have to walk around and you want to focus getting the right people on your list. Again, the more people that more of the right people, I should say, Let's talk about that. How do we attract, how do we make it just so amazing that someone has to sign up or they can't stand it? Well, we don't just say sign up for updates or future deals or any of that sort of stuff. Well, that's all fine and good. Like you can have those sorts of things. You want to give them something like we had talked about a little bit before that answers that yeah, but question. Yeah, but what? Mm -hmm. So that way they're like, oh yeah, this person gets me. She understands because someone who is like truly interested in say getting their living room done as opposed to just like, yeah, like it'd be nice if this looked a little better. And then that's all they go. But it's like, oh, I want to do this. But like my husband, and I can like never agree on a couch. Like our styles just don't mesh. If you have a little free guy that talks about meshing styles or what to do if your spouse doesn't agree with the things that you like. Again, I like Scandi and he likes big, like huge leather things, the exact opposite of what <laughs> I like. He has many leather bound books. <laughs> right? Exactly. And I'm over here like, I want like stick wood furniture and nothing else in the room. Nice. Like I don't want to see stuff. So if you can think of like, okay, that could be something that's holding people back. So now maybe it's defining their style. Maybe it's one of those sorts of things. Then, then they'll start being like, oh yeah, because this, this is it. One thing that you can do, because we had talked about blogging, if you've been blogging for a while, if you have a really popular piece of content and you feel it's relevant, because I know sometimes blog posts, like search engines will just randomly pick something up and you're like, what? (laughs) I have some students, I know this isn't this industry, but um, she was a general overall mom blogger and she really liked productivity. For some reason, she made a blog post about like the cricket 
uh, it's like a scrapbook maker thing. And for some reason, that one blog post took off. Wow. And everyone else was like, make a freebie for that so people get on your email list. I'm like, do you hate that? She's like, I don't like this stuff and I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, then don't make one. <laughs> yeah. Shove in ads, get affiliate income in there, and you're good. Being on your email list is a privilege. So again, you can look at Sorla's most popular content. Again, if you've been working on your social media, what sort of thing really hit it off? Because here's the thing. Even if you are upcycling something that you might have done in a really nice, call them carousel posts. So say, you've, you know, mm-hmm. you've got four or five graphics in a row. Sure. If that got a lot of engagement and people liked it, if you can turn it into a PDF, maybe you need to add a little bit more to it or, you know, you know, because usually you can't put too much on those carousels. Then all of a sudden you can use that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that you're reinventing the wheel. It's just like, oh man, this was really popular. I should create a more permanent version of that. Because again, we love social, but the lifetime of that, it's not always very long. So people might forget about it. Hey guys, you know, social media marketing is super impactful and can help you grow your reach, broaden your awareness and build your business like nothing else can. It's not going anywhere. It's a necessary evil. I know a lot of interior designers hate it, but guess what? That's why we're here to do it for you, to take it all off your plate here at Wingnut Social. You never have to look at your social media again if you don't want to. (laughs) There are three different levels to work with us. We have good, better, best solopreneurs all the way to multi-million dollar design build firms who are working with us at Wingnut Social. And you can go check out their progress and success that they've had working with us at wingnutsocial.com. At the top there, you'll see the case studies. Just drop it down and you'll have a myriad of success stories to look at. We do have openings again. We filled up our fall waiting list, but now we have openings because we have expanded our team. So head on over to wingnutsocial.com or give us a call at 786-206-4331. Again, that's wingnutsocial.com. And the nature of social now with stories and it tends to be more ephemeral. Uh, although some of it is sticking around with the videos. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about lead magnets. How important are those on the website? And for if you're listening and you don't know what a lead magnet is, that's something on your website that you're offering a value. Say, hey, would you like A, then give me your email and sign up for our list and you'll get B <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they're super important. I mean, I know that's literally what we were just talking about because, again, nobody – Unless you're Oprah, truly, nobody wants your free updates. Discounts, if you are very much, say, and I don't think you, a lot of people are in e-commerce specifically, but if you're in e-commerce, say, again, you've got a store, maybe you're selling fashion items, all of that. For that sort of a thing, people just want discounts or free shipping codes. So just give it to them. Yeah. You don't need to come up with like, you know, eight different ways to style your cloud sofa because that's not what people aren't looking for information. They're looking for money off, treat people like people. Yeah. But if you've got more of an interior design blog, and for some reason that seems to be something everyone's like all about, or maybe cloud dupes for that particular sofa, that could be a PDF that people can sign up for. So they call them lead magnets, freebies opt-in gifts. It's just that exclusive thing that people are only going to be able to get if they join your email list. Are those becoming a little bit too much? Like everybody seems to have those now. Download my free ebook, download my free stuff. How can we stand out and make it very special? How can we keep it relevant and not make it generic and boring? Because I very rarely see, you know, freebie downloads or it's it's normally just something that's kind of, eh, maybe, no. <laughs> You have to answer that yeah, but that we've talked about earlier. Okay, good. Again, 
the getting started with interior design or five things to see in Greece when you go, everybody has got that. But if it's how to decorate your room when you and your husband have opposite styles, someone's going to want to download that. And we all know that that's just like one part of the puzzle. And I think that that's what some people, they're like, oh, well, can I give away too much? We all know that in your, whatever you are helping with, there's so many more aspects than just getting on the same page, right? There are so many more things to do. So when you literally, whatever you want to be known for, whatever you help people with, you want to just sit down and just brain dump, which just means list out all of the excuses and concerns that people have around what you're ultimately going to sell. So is it, again, interior design style? Is it actually working with an interior designer? Is it sourcing? Is it doing something on a budget? Is it finding high-end dupes? Is it, again, what am I going to do if I lose my passport? What is this going to do? And if you're not quite sure, things like Amazon is the best. Go and look at three and two-star reviews for different type of products. What are people complaining about that isn't there? Hmm. That's one of the easiest ways you can try to figure out stuff. It's just like, oh, or hang out in message boards, sometimes in Facebook groups. See what people are complaining about. When you have something very, very generic, like five steps to designing something, nobody cares. But when you add in that, yeah, but the doing it on the budget, the designer dupes, that if you've got a small space, the if you're a room, if you can't paint stuff, if you're a renter, if you're this, when you add in that yeah, but that somebody has, it works. Same thing if you're looking for another way, like a time thing as well. Like how to decorate your room in five minutes. What? Okay. <laughs> like you can go with one of those. That's what's going to make it interesting. That's the spice that you're going to add. And that comes from knowing your ideal client, the absolute best. Like my ideal client I'm in the online making money space, which is super saturated. Yeah. But I know my person, they want to be able to go to Whole Foods and just buy raspberries and not have it matter what season it is. Like that's all they're looking for is to slap down that debit card and not care what the groceries cost. (laughs) They're not looking to go on elaborate (laughs) trips. Sorry, everybody in the travel industry and like buy Gucci purses. They want to go to the grocery store and not care what that cart value is. That's all that they care about. I think I'm your ideal client. (laughs) (laughs) And when you know your ideal client like that, then that's when all of the magic can happen. Because like, oh, well, everyone else is just to build the business of your dreams. And yours is be able to buy raspberries anytime you want and grass-fed beef and you're good. It's like, oh, (laughs) that person knows. How did she know? That's what we're really going for for that free gift is to get people to go that, how did she know? Or how did he know? Or how did they know? Or how did the company know? That's what I needed. Love it. Let's talk a little bit about growth versus nurturing on your email list. When is what and what is when? Uh, I think that you can be growing your email list all of the time. Okay. Again, it's I don't want to say it doesn't take that much, but it won't take that much time. It can be something like some days it's going to be a little bit more of a passive thing where you're just you know making sure that you share about that free gift that we've talked about that you're making a post that has to do with that. It could just be as simple as go download this. It could be like, for more tips, go look at this guide. So say you're mirroring this way. It could be a story that you're doing. It can be that you are looking into paid advertisement. That can be a way that you're going to be growing your list. It could be looking into, again, sort of that SEO thing. Again, there's a variety of things, but every day you want to ask yourself, what have I done? Even if it's tiny to get in front of my ideal audience and to grow this email list. And chances are some stuff you can get done, like I said, less than 15 minutes. You don't have to beat yourself up about it. And for emailing your list, 
the first thing that you want to have after people have that free gift that you're going to give to them, most email service providers. So you can't just tell somebody, oh, tell me your email list and like blind CC a whole bunch of people from your own Gmail. That is highly illegal. In the States, you are going to get fined up to 5,000. I don't think it's 10,000 at this point per email address. So like, don't do that. Go in and sign up with something. I usually work a lot with creatives. So they tend to go to ConvertKit because they sell a lot of courses. There's MailChimp, which I'm not a big fan of. There's MailerLite and Constant Contact. Any of those places. You probably have heard of one we of those We have ActiveCampaign. We love it. Active campaign is what we use as well. Ah. It's not as user friendly to people. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a learning curve for sure, but I love it. It's very robust. Yeah, but some people get a little overwhelmed. So that's I'm like, just go to ConvertKit. It's easy and their customer service is super nice. So get one of those. And then with all of those services, except for the free MailChimp account, I don't know how like constant contact works, but with most of them, you should be able to send automated messages and not this that one that gives the free gift. So you want to set up even just two extra emails that are going to go out. Okay. The second one can be maybe a quick tip or a little sort of something extra that's reminding people about the free gift that they have as well. It's like, and don't forget on page 12 in the, and then rename your freebie. We talked about this, right? And again, give them a link so that way they redownload it. If you're spending time to create something, you want to make sure people consume. And then that third email, if you want to point them towards a pillar piece of content, if you want to talk to them about the actual services that you have, it doesn't have to be something that's a hard pitch. It can just be, I was working with a client the other day and this is something that they had and here's how we solved it. And if you want help with it too, here's this that we have for you. Nice. So it's sort of a very organic. So that way you're making sure in those first three emails, again, not everyone's going to read everything. It happens. You're proving that you're useful. You're proving that you're relevant and you're letting people know that, yes, you have things for sale. (laughs) They can pay you for it. And it's great. If you have a weekly newsletter, which is the minimum that you recommend, how often do you put a hard call to action for your services in the newsletter? Or are you always referring to the content, the giveaway, the dopamine, and then finding that call to action to purchase something in your services once they've clicked that link in your email? How do you recommend to, to lay that out? You're going to hate this answer. Well, the listeners are. It depends. Okay. (laughs) So it depends on what your promotional and active sort of calendar is. Mm. If you're doing one-on-one services, I'm not going to say every third email you need to pitch your one-on-one services because what if you're booked out for six months and you don't want that? You can do it every single email if you want to. All four, does not matter. You can tie in the story and then tie in a product you have. You can tie in the story. You can tie in somebody checking something out. It does not matter. You can do one, like say, I always just tell people at least once a month, send what I like to call a money-making email, something that's a little bit more direct, but realize it doesn't have to be like, if you don't sign up for this, you know, you're a giant dummy and you're going to hate your trip and it's the worst thing ever. You're not insulting people by any stretch of the imagination. You're just letting people know, like, this is what we do. Like, Again, it's one of those, like the other day we were working on this plan because say that you're travel and you help people with their itineraries and all this sort of stuff. It's like, and this is exactly what we do for our people. So that way you're not wasting your time on Pinterest. You don't have to spend money going to places that are bad. 
everything we do is vetted. People know that it's great. And don't worry, for those people who like things off the beaten path, we have our super secret list of places that we don't tell the majority about anyways, right? Because again, know your people, treat them like people. All of a sudden, now they're going to want to buy from you. I love that you mentioned telling the story as well, because that's where marketing is right now, is in storytelling. Everybody wants to to see a narrative, an arc, you know, a problem. Here's how we solved it. Here's the happy ending. And, and they want to be part of it. They want to They want to be in the story. They want to be the heroes of their story. And you're just kind of helping them do that for that. So if there's a way that you can tell a story in your emails or in, in all of your marketing, really, that's a very good idea. And I don't think that it has to be like a, a Goldilocks and the three bears. <laughs> like I think that people start thinking of like stories, stories. No, it's just, again, that sort of interesting brain hook that how this came about, the thing you were doing earlier today. Like it doesn't have to be quote unquote exciting. It's just something for them to latch on to. Absolutely. Kate, is there anything that I've forgotten to ask you with regards to email marketing before we get into the what up wingnut round? I would have to say, and this has been a little bit more recently, and I know I'm going to say the phrase and you're going to be like, oh, I get it. The iOS update on Apple. So what that just means is that Apple, and I think this is a great thing, honestly, made it so it's a lot harder for people to automatically track your process and the things that you're doing and all this sort of stuff. The same thing is true for email. So say if you have been emailing consistently, or maybe it's been a little while, and you used to get, say, an open rate of like 30%, right? And now all of a sudden you're down to 15. It's not that you're awful. It's not that your audience hates you. I mean, Maybe if you've been gone for two years, yes. But <laughs> but short of that, what is happening now when email service providers send an email, the only way that they can register and open is when an invisible picture loads. It's a little pixel. And if somebody is blocking that, the email service provider has no idea if somebody actually read an email. Now, Android has actually been doing this for years, for years, but now Apple's doing it. Hmm. And since most people are bored on their phones, they're checking their email and phones. So you might kind of see that be a little bit of a pattern. So that's why when you're putting in those, you know, go check out your blog post, to the best of my knowledge, those things are still being easily tracked. But it's just like, wait a minute, how did Sally not open this email yet she clicked on this link? (laughs) Because the picture didn't load, but she clicked on the link. So that's, again, why you want to make things enticing, why you want to be like, add a little curiosity in here. Why think to what makes them cooler if they read this? What's their payout if they read it or do it or consume it or listen to it? Awesome. An excellent way to end that. Now I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? I am super ready. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? Uh, hashtag odd. <laughs> I don't march the beat of my own drummer. It's like a xylophone, and I am perfectly okay with that. You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your one favorite food forever. What is it? This one was tough. It was a toss-up in my brain, but I'm going to go with watermelon. Oh, very interesting. You get a lot of potatoes would have been second. Potassium. A lot of potassium in watermelon, I think. I think in potatoes, too. Do you have a potassium deficiency? (laughs) I love watermelon and potatoes. They're delicious. And potatoes are definitely more versatile. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you could get fish and potatoes. You know, I guess you could get coconut and potatoes from the island. I'm I'm thinking recipes in my head. Oh, see, I was just thinking all you're eating forever. And so I was just going with all I was eating. Oh, forever. no, no. You have to think from like survival mode. You're you can you can have stuff from the island. You know, what else are you having in there? I, I think I would take M&Ms maybe. Last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a profound impact on you either personally or professionally. I 
know this is going to sound odd and probably it's one people have said before. I really liked The Year of Yes by Sandra Rhymes. Now, I love reading it. I loved listening to it. So, yes, I have both versions. So, if you can listen to the audio version, I'd 100% do it. I have never considered myself an entrepreneur, even though I own my own business and it's successful. I have always been a creator first. So I've always found it fascinating with other artists, with other writers. And I just, I really loved the concept. She can really spin a story. She makes it really interesting. And just seeing that journey over that year and how she just sort of made that one subtle change that her relative had made the the comment, you don't say yes to anything. It really sort of like opened me up to like, what am I subconsciously saying no to? And just outright saying no to a lot. So The Year of Yes by Sandra Rhymes. I love it. We haven't had that recommendation. I'll have to check that out. I love listening to audiobooks, by the way. That's and it's a nice, easy one, too. It's not like something like dense. Like, I've got a million business books and personal self-help, but they're all dense. This is just like, again, because she's a writer, right? So it's the nicest sort of read. You can listen to it. If you get the audio version, you get to hear a couple of speeches that she made, too, okay, at different cool. colleges, because that was one of her fears was speaking in public. She's like, I make other people talk, not me. It was interesting to hear about Grey's Anatomy. I loved it. You're a VS. So fascinating. <laughs> I love it. Kate Doster, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Please tell the listeners where they can go to find out more about you. Sure. So in your podcast app where you're listening to this, after you click on the cover art and leave Wingnut Social a review, because that's like first and foremost. So now that we're already in there, we left our rating review about how amazing the show is. <laughs> then you're going to search for Inbox Besties. So Inbox is one word and then Besties. And that's my podcast where we talk all about everything having to do with email marketing, sales psychology, mindset. Because I can tell you until you're blue in the face, put stories in your emails. But if I can't get you to physically hit send, it's not going to work. So that's why we deal with a lot of mindset and we deal with the actual practical because you truly need both in order for this bad boy to work. So you can listen to Inbox Besties. You can find me on Instagram. My Instagram stories is like, there's a little bit of business, but it's just like, I, it's the weightlifting. I play my ukulele. You just get to get <laughs> a lot of me. So that's Kate underscore Doster. And if you're like, Kate, all right, you got me. I'm going to email my list, but I have no idea what to send them. You can head on over to katedoster.com forward slash wingnut social. There'll be a little hyphen, but I'll do one without it too as well, where you can get my two years worth of email ideas. So basically until like 2024, I've mapped it out for you by month. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, but Kate, like it's June by the time I'm listening to this. Turns out January through May, come back around. So you're fine. (laughs) Just get them the next time around. You're good. Now you're good to like mid 2025. You're fine. So it gives you four that you can send. You can change the order. I have some people that just follow religiously. I have some people that are like myself where it's like, I'll take one for May. I'll take one for July. (laughs) This August one sounds good. But just when you are like, you're using those ideas, it's like, oh yeah, like that reminds me of this and then it can go there. So katedonster.com forward slash wingnut social. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. For our listeners, guys, run, don't walk, take that. That's a that's a freebie you cannot turn down. Kate, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I love having guests like Kate Doster on the show. It's just so refreshing to have a, a new angle on something that you deal with every day. And I love that she spelled out just Really, the meat of it, the biggest takeaway of this whole show, and I think there were plenty, was to have something in the email face that's going to give that reader the win. They're going to learn something. They're going to have a tip they can take away from it without clicking through to whatever calls to action on your website. 
That is super key. I love it. And when I think about it, the emails that I subscribe to that I don't immediately delete or unsubscribe or get just, you know, irritated that they're even showing up in my inbox are the emails that have something juicy, a win straight from the get-go there on the face of it. And I love it. Creates a warm, fuzzy feeling. And again, that dopamine hit that we talked about, that is the ticket. Hey, that's the ticket. (laughs) Remember that from Saturday Night Live? Who was that? John Lovitz. Yeah, that's the ticket. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Get out there, do your four newsletters a month. Make sure to go and listen to Kate's podcast, Inbox Besties. And remember that she has that super duper download that will all be in the show notes for you at wingnutsocial.com slash podcast in this episode with Kate Doster. And we'll see you again next week. Remember, get out there, get uncomfortable and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com to see how we can help you take your business from social mediocre to social media master. Sure, someone's getting arrested, though. Maybe the police are chasing the loud neighbor in the truck. That's the ticket. Hey, that's the ticket. Remember that from Saturday night? Uh. (laughs) Good boy, Mango.